John starts poking at the identity that all of the Jewish people relied on. And, and then there is this identity of Jesus as the son of God um, that uh, is actually then the identity that Jesus is going to invite all of us to, to take on a child of God. And um, so I, I am intrigued by how Matthew, knowing where the story is going, right. uh, sets, sets that up. Hey there, welcome back to the Bible Study Discussion Podcast. My name is Wayne. I'm here with my co-host. Oh, I'm Josh. That's me. I'm that's me. here I think, too. I think last time I introduced you, so I thought I'd right. mix it up and no, that's introduce good. yourself. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm Josh. That's me. Uh, yeah. We are booking through Matthew, which is uh, the first gospel in the New Testament, the first account of, of the life of Jesus, the Anointed One, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. This week we're going to be in chapter 3. Josh, can you pray for us as we get beginning? Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that you are with us uh, as um, we talk about this. Um, You are with every person who is watching this. Thank you for your presence, the gift uh, that you are to us. Uh, Thank you uh, for... uh, just the reality and the truth that you want to be in relationship with us. And so we enter into that relationship in your presence in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And you may notice that this is not an iPad. This is a a CSB scripture notebook, uh, Christian Standard Bible, if you're watching, and I'm sure you are. Um, I love this format. I don't know why you're laughing. No, they're probably watching. They're They're on the socials. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they follow me. Yeah, hashtag them. Um, So Christian Standard Bible. I love this format. I want it on my iPad. And I will, I will pay you like the same. I, I'll pay you more. These are like $6 a piece. I'll pay you $10 a piece to have it digitally on my iPad, please. And thank you. I almost sound like a threat. I will pay you <laughs> you're not, $10 I'm, a piece. I'm willing to. <laughs> I'm not threatening you. I no, no, you no threats. Love Sorry, what you're doing. Love, your, love a lot of things that you've done. Especially yeah. love your... Uh, can't think of the name of something where it's all in order, 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 order. Uh, yeah, this, the gospels together, the chronologicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there a name for it though. Isn't it the, the chronologicals? Oh, the harmony. The harmony. Oh, okay, your, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Your harmony, your chronology of the gospels. You guys did a great job with that. Um, but yeah, I just I want this digitally, please. Okay. Anyways, uh, Matthew chapter three. I'm going to jump into verse one through six. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, "Repent." Because the kingdom of heaven has come near, for he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Mm-hmm. Now John had a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then people from Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Matthew, again, quoting from the Old Testament, these things that are being uh, fulfilled, uh, now being fulfilled by this new guy on the scene, John. Uh, one, one of the, or I suppose, the most interesting part to me about this particular Isaiah quote is that Isaiah in the text is clearly referencing someone who is preparing the way for God's coming. Right. Like we we use the Lord to mean Jesus and have for the last 2,000 years. That's great. Uh, that's not who Isaiah meant. Isaiah mm-hmm. meant God. Is, so there is already an implication here that from Matthew trying to set up Jesus's divinity, that mm-hmm. this is fully man and 
fully God, right. uh, even in using this quote. John is paving the way for for God to come as Jesus. Yeah, and that's something I never, like, like this is a, a scripture I'm super familiar with and have read. Yeah. And actually listened, uh, read that similar thing in a commentary and then listened yep. to a Bible Project podcast about Messiah mm-hmm. and they, they anointed when they, they, they got into the New Testament. So they're talking about this and, and Tim Mackey's like, yeah, um, the, the prophecy, and he was in Mark, but, but okay. yep. same, same stuff quoted where the, the, the one who said was God, that we're putting the way for God. Right. So like, yes. So we're, he's telling people that somebody's going to come. God is going to send somebody to prepare the way for right. God, but God's speaking of himself uh, in that another right. person pointing to, oh yeah, Jesus, like I've never seen this pointing to Jesus' divinity right. before reading it last week. Right, right. And Me I'm too. like, how yep. did I not right. look well, at that? And because we, we're used to this name Lord meaning right. Jesus. So we're like, oh, okay. He's just talking about Jesus is coming, but that's not at all who I... Uh, it, it's... It's easy to look at that and go, oh, this is Isaiah pointing forward to the Messiah. Right. But but he's really saying God is is coming. Mm. And, um, and that's, uh, yeah, that was new for me, too, in studying this. And I, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, John uh, fulfilling this role of the one who comes before. We're going to get to read later about people expecting Elijah to come before the right. Messiah would come. John mm-hmm. is sort of fulfilling that role. Uh, Matthew doesn't seem to uh, set that up in particular, although in talking about John's clothes and that kind of thing, right. there is some sort of, like, okay, John is being set up as a prophet, a prophetic yeah. character. I can speak English, prophetic character. Uh, and uh, so there's there's some of that element here, right. at least. So a commentary I read like, made a really big deal about 2 Kings 1.8 that talks about Elijah wearing a leather belt. Right. And I'm like, I mean, yes, but it... It doesn't seem like as we were like, right. I feel like it was fairly common to have been person wearing leather belt. Sure, sure, yes. Around that's, Elijah's time. That, that seems to be something we look back on and go, oh, look, this connects. Maybe yeah. less at John's time because it's been a while, but maybe, maybe. not. Like a leather. Yeah. Like a, it's a leather. I'm wearing one. Like I, leather, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. Mine's probably fake, but that's, but I, I that's, like, that's I, the idea. The, yes. That is pointed out is. Right. It's a neat thing. And, and yes. later we'll see how it points to Elijah. You're like, oh, that, the fact that Elijah was a hairy man who wore a leather belt, as you can read in 2 Kings 1 8. Right. Um, and John wore camel's hair and a leather belt. I'm like, oh, look, they're the same. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think the commentary I uh, was digging deepest into uh, basically said, yeah, that's that's really stretching it, guys. Like, that's, mm-hmm. uh, but, but, uh, but sure, John is. Uh, is leading the way. It's also interesting, just as we're introducing John here, uh, Josephus, the Jewish historian, Mm -hmm. uh, that we get a lot of our extra-biblical stuff from is around the Bible, corroborating scripture. He makes a far bigger deal of John than he does of Jesus. Um, That he mentions Jesus in some different ways, but this guy out by the river baptizing people, he makes a big deal or, or a bigger deal out of that one that that John was seen as more of a threat at least initially right. uh, than than Jesus was and even as Josephus was looking back on it there seemed to be more uh, recorded uh, around John's ministry 
uh, mm. than Jesus's ministry. And um, so certainly John was creating a stirring as right. he is uh, both uh, for uh, the, the governments around him, but the Jewish leaders as well, and made an impact. Mm-hmm. In the, uh, one of the commentators I read said that most Jewish people believed if they were born to a Jewish family and did not reject God's law, they would be saved. So the fact that John's in the wilderness for, for a Gentile to become a Jew, that, that baptism or that full washing was required. Right. For the Jewish people, it wasn't. There was other times they ceremonial sure. but that, that initial kind of, hey, you're making this confession and, and washing the old away wasn't right. something that was required of the Jewish people. And, right. and John's kind of saying, like, hey, we, we all actually need this. Like yeah. the, the fact that you're Jewish and you haven't actively rejected God's law isn't actually enough. Right. Smooth transition in the next section. Almost. Can we read but, the, oh, no, you got one. Yeah, yes. The word repent. Oh, yes. It's a word that uh, I feel like Christians use it all the time, and we don't often think about what it means. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dictionary might say it's like to change one's mind or to, to do this. Um, sure. But really the way that it carries to uh, to change your mind, but also that change like your behavior and your action and your life based on that. So not a more than a I know what I did was wrong. Right. But a, I know what I did was wrong and I'm going to change the way I act because of that. Right. I mean Repenting. we teach our kids, hey, it's not really just enough to say you're sorry. Right. Like you actually have to then change your behavior and repent just implies that that change of behavior is going to happen. I'm going to go a different direction with my life. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one, for me, it's one of those words that's easy to, to read past. Like, I don't know what that means. Right. Without stopping to think about what, what that meant and what, what John was, was calling people to, uh, Gentiles and the Jews that came out mm-hmm. to see him, what he was calling them to, uh, to that repentance. Especially if, if their assumption is born a Jewish person, having right. rejected God, Yep. why would I need to repent? Right. Like, I need to go through these rituals every sure, so often, but sure. like I, don't, I don't need to repent. I don't need to change right. what I'm doing or who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, with the kingdom of heaven being near, that was uh, a different a different calling. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It starts to get into identity and those kind of things. So Absolutely. We'll look at. So uh, I'll keep reading in verse 7. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warns you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe for we're descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. It's quite a message John had. <laughs> it's, um, it's not a great, like, feel better about yourself as you fall asleep kind of uh, message. Not a cute little bedtime story with a happy ending. No, no. Uh, yeah, uh, 
Pharisees, Sadducees, two religious sects. Uh, Pharisees uh, kind of running things, Sadducees taking care of a few other things. Sadducees, I learned this week, only really holding to the Pentateuch, our first five books of the Bible, as authoritative scripture. I was like, oh, I did not know that. I did not either, to be honest. Um, but then uh, produce fruit consistent with repentance. Your New Living Translation didn't say fruit. It did not. I'm a fan of the NLT, but how you, how you I didn't love this. I, well, and, and they, they got snakes and not vipers. Right, vipers. Just, brood of vipers. Yeah, I like brood of vipers. Uh, when I think of fruit uh, in consistent with repentance, I think of uh, a song that I, I can't say the fruit of the Spirit without singing a song very easily, <laughs> but the love and the joy, the peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Very nice. Not a watermelon. Not a watermelon or no, coconut. Nope, nope, none yep. of those. Um, but those fruit, and I think that's something currently, say uh, especially in America, especially in the white church in America, where we sometimes seem less concerned with those fruit of repentance mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. than other things in people's walks. Whether that's we're, whether we're looking at politicians that we like because they're on a certain party, or right. anything else that we're. Uh, we're not looking at the fruit they're producing. And there's other right. places where Jesus talks about knowing a tree by its fruit. Right. Uh, he curses a fig tree later. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to, like, like we can look at the fruit of somebody's life. And it's not my job to decide whether or not they're going to spend eternity with God. Nope. Um, Which I'm really glad that's not my job. Yeah, not that my job at all. But yeah. I can definitely look at the people that I am learning from, the people that I am taking in news from, the people who yeah. I give authority to be... Believers in my life to help me, like I can definitely look at lives and be like, oh, like I can see the fruit of them actually living a repentant mm-hmm. life, or them just being really smart and knowing the Bible, or them just being really charismatic and getting people to follow them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we, I think we could use some uh, better fruit inspectors. <laughs> yes, in the, in the American church. Yes, agreed, and and. There is something, again, in sort of our philosophy as an American church where so much has been connected to this moment of repentance. Like we just, Mm. like we we do ministry, like we just want to get people to say, uh, I believe in Jesus and I need to be forgiven, which is a great moment. Mm -hmm. And then that sort of just stops there. And that the fruit of repentance is feeling really sorry Mm. for a moment as opposed to, okay, but if you've actually repented, again, that's beyond I'm sorry, that's now a life change, and is that showing up in how you actually then go and follow Jesus with your life? Um, and and so you can have, uh, to, to your point, all the titles, all the leadership, all uh, the, um, the, the power uh, worldly that you may want to have, and you can claim, uh, I mean, people claim Christ all the time for all kinds of different stuff. And God mm. is going to give us this, thing, whatever. Uh, and, and yet it doesn't show up in the, in the fruit of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I found really interesting in this particular little section is John starting to or maybe Matthew through John's message, starting to pick away at identity. Hmm. And what is it that we find our identity in and really starts to contrast over the next couple of chapters 
as Jesus starts to paint the identity of a community of his followers, mm-hmm. and he starts with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and going, look, you claim your identity simply in uh, where and how and by whom you were born. Mm-hmm. And there is more to it than than that. Again, the fruit of your repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is also going to get into some of what that looks like, as I said, in a couple of chapters. Um, but it just was interesting to me that it, Matthew seems to uh, just start leading us in that direction and poking at uh, identity. He spent so much of the first couple of chapters setting up Jesus's identity and how right. it fulfills Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And then you've got these leaders who just assume they're fulfilling the Old Testament because I'm a child of Abraham right. and uh, John, Matthew, and soon Jesus going, that's not... Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. It's not in your titles or your family or whatever privileges you may have from those things. Right. Yeah. And then uh, from from fruit to trees, um, yeah, I, I I think sometimes it's easy to read read scripture without thinking about the people who were originally reading scripture, the people that Jesus mm-hmm. was talking to when he told his stories, the people that John was talking to when he told these stories of, of fruit and and farming and. And right. things, um, because I am not a pharmist. Or, or. Or a farmer. No, no I'm, I'm neither of those things. <laughs> True. Um, I've, I think I've seen a farm driving down the road. And well, right. I've, I've chased around here. I've chased cows around Montana. Okay. Um, that sounds like an interesting story. I was like 12. I didn't catch any. Getting more interesting. The, the okay. cowboy boots I was wearing were too big, which okay. slows you down a little bit. No, excuses. It's probably a good thing I didn't catch any. It sounds like it. Because <laughs> yep. I wouldn't know what I mean. Right. What do you, what's a 12-year-old going to do with? Okay, yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. but, but these these examples that, that John and later Jesus use, um, that that most of the people there understand, whether they are farmers or they know farmers. Sure. Or like, like all the bread that they eat came from these farmers. Right. So uh, maybe for like super wealthy you just know of the process, but you don't know anybody that does it. Right. But most of the people in the town right. know the people that are doing this, um, the, the wheat and the chaff, and the, you throw it up, right. and the, the chaff is lighter. It blows away, sure. and then you collect it and burn it. Uh, I read a couple uh, commentaries that talked about uh, with the fire that never goes out, uh, leaning real strong on the uh, eternal constant conscience, conscious torment. Sure. Uh, view of hell, which um, if you have a specific view of hell that you like, you can let me know in the comments. Um, I think my denomination officially is is an ECT uh-huh. type denomination. Officially, um, I don't have a strong stance either way because the fire never goes out, but doesn't say the chaff burns forever. Yes. Um, so, like I said, to, to me, that's not a doctrine that is a hill to die on. Well, and, and to pull that doctrine from this particular, uh, there's a lot more right. that you can pull that doctrine from, but to, to pull it from this verse would be stretching this verse. Yeah, and I don't think the commentators were trying to, they were just like, right. it was definitely their point of view. Okay. So they gotcha. included in, yep. in what you will learn about this verse. But yeah, John's John's warning, and John's warning to, to the Pharisees, which I think when I see Jesus um, calling out Pharisees, like that feels pretty easy to imagine. Sure. Um, yeah, but for for John, who is uh, son of a, a priestly line, sure. But preaching in the wilderness, like a prophet of old that we haven't mm-hmm. seen in four hundred years, mm-hmm. um, who is not seemingly uh, bashful. 
No. About calling out the religious leaders, about speaking truth to power, mm-hmm. which I think, I think that phrase, speaking truth to power, I, I, I don't think I like it very much. I think people use that uh, as an excuse to be a jerk. Sure. Um, yes. And there are times when I look at the words of John and, dare I say, of Jesus and go, ooh, can you, s- we talk like that? Like, that's, right. feels rude. And, uh, John does not uh, feel too, too concerned. No, about being perceived as rude. No, but but willing to yeah speak what God has called him mm-hmm. to speak and do what God has called him to do, mm-hmm. even if it's quite literally uncomfortable. Because that those hairy clothes would not have felt no. particularly good. Yes, no. literally uncomfortable. If you had to eat locust or wild honey that you had to gather both either Ooh. one yourself, which which would you eat? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, obviously, the honey sounds more appealing taste-wise, but if you got to, like, I'm not reaching in there to get it. Like, right. I know I know people can do that, and they just right. retrain. No Ew. big deal. Uh, that That's, um, oh, I think I'd roast the locusts. Okay, and I don't know how one collects locusts. I don't either. That's like, true. That may I be a lot like, harder. Like grasshoppers, and I haven't got a grasshopper in quite a few years, and when I did, it wasn't even that easy as a, like, 12-year-old. Right. When I was quicker. I was going to say, I'm not as agile as well, I used like, to do you, Like, were there, were there big groups of them and you could happen upon them? I don't know. Because I actually don't like honey. Like, probably probably a texture what? thing. But, okay. like, also, right. like, I just, yeah. So, I, I, think feel I like, feel like we need people in the comments to take a right. vote on locusts or honey. Because, like, I, like if you had, like, like some, some, some roasted bugs or just some honey yeah. that I ate with a spoon yeah, yeah. in front of me, I would, I would eat bugs. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. That's... That's frightening, actually. Right? But but okay. No, I mean, everybody. Yeah. No, I appreciate you speaking truth to, to me. Right. That's, yeah. That's good. Bugs. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll read verse uh, thirteen through the end of the chapter. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him, but John tried to stop him, saying, "I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me." Jesus answered him, "Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness." Then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. whole lot going on in this uh, little tiny section oh, yeah. here. A lot, again, where we immediately go from... Uh, we're t- I was talking about the identity uh, and, and starting to eat away at that of the Pharisees. But now mm. we go straight into Jesus's identity, which as we move into chapter four, will be an even bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, fulfillment that Jesus uh, calls out, because I I appreciate that John immediately, uh, or at least in this scene, immediately recognizes um, uh, this, is, uh, this is not... Right, like I should not be baptizing you, right. um, and and yet Jesus saying, "Hey, but this is how we fulfill uh, what is right, what we are supposed to do," mm-hmm. um, and and it's sort of again for Matthew this continuation of uh, this emphasis of fulfillment through all of the Old Testament uh, passages that he's been quoting, and now Jesus himself saying, no, no, what, what we need to do, uh, you and I, John, is we need to fulfill 
what is right and what is for us to do mm. um, as he kicks off all of the things he's going to do right. uh, that are right and fulfilling for him to, to do. Yeah. And one, one thing I forgot to mention that I, I read from the earlier stuff where, where John says, I'm not worthy to remove his sandals um, in, in their culture. If oh, the yeah, Hebrews had sense. Hebrew slaves, like it was the non-Hebrew slaves job to remove the sandals. Right. Whoever's the lowest so like of the lowest low. of the lowest. Yeah. Like if, if your slaves were Hebrews, like they weren't supposed to be taking off your sandals. Mm-hmm. You had to have other slaves or do that yourself, I guess. Um, so John's like, I'm, I'm not just below Right. It's not. It's not like I'm here and Jesus is here. It's like 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 I'm here or here. Right. And like Jesus is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, here. Yeah. Like we we are very different people. And then and then yeah, when Jesus comes, he's like I I I don't I don't know I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even with that, to be willing to in that moment, mm-hmm. like okay, if, yeah. if this is what you say that we're supposed to do to fulfill what God has called us to do, then right. uh, yeah. then we can do it. On that responsiveness to doing what is right, uh, there's <laughs> there's a sermon in there somewhere of being able and willing to do what is right, even when I don't feel qualified to do what God is calling me to do. Mm-hmm. So John is already showing all of this obedience to doing hard things. Mm-hmm. He's uh, Dressing up in in scratchy clothes, he's saying really hard things. He's eating honey, which is apparently very difficult. Very difficult. Um, and he uh, doing all of this out of obedience, um, and and yet saying, "Look, I'm not worthy to be called to uh, to this moment that you're calling me to, mm. and to to just then uh, be obedient anyway. To yeah. to say, no, I I I will I will do what." What is what is right? There's yeah. an example for us there. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus, Jesus' baptism. Uh, when people like to argue about the Trinity, yes, uh, I'm a big so fan of coming go. here when mm-hmm. you see Jesus in his human form, and then a voice from heaven that said, "This is my beloved Son," making the voice from heaven probably a father figure. Sure. Yep. Uh, with whom I am well pleased, and the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And I love uh, you talked about Genesis. One uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that that most of the Jewish uh, like teaching back then would have associated God's spirit in Genesis one two with a dove, um, where he's hovering over the water and coming and seeing mm-hmm. that uh, that another connection back to the mm-hmm. creation narrative and, and Jesus in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is uh, one of our favorite places to go for talking Trinitarian stuff when when I get the joy of uh, helping people do their, uh, their licensing interviews for our denomination. Uh, this is very often where we go and we say, hey, what's a good example in Scripture of the Trinity, these three persons who are one God, uh, because way back in Deuteronomy, it's very clear and explicit. Mm-hmm. There is one God, and we right. do believe that. And yet, we see over and over that there is the Spirit of God. There is uh, God the Father, um, as as we understand that, and there is uh, God the Son, Jesus. Again, with Matthew pointing toward Jesus's divinity in all of these mm-hmm. all of these different ways, and and what an affirming moment for 
Jesus, for mm-hmm. the for the human being Jesus, right. to have uh, this voice from heaven, and it, it says in this particular uh, telling of this story in Matthew's version, because this also shows up in Mark and Luke, that as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the Spirit of God mm. descending like a dove uh, and and heard this voice from heaven, which means that, uh, at least in Mark's understanding of this, or sorry, in Matthew's understanding of the story, Jesus had to tell people that this happened. Right. He'd say, hey, this is the thing that I experienced. And it would have mm-hmm. been significant enough to him to be willing to share this very uh, personal moment mm-hmm. uh, with with other people, uh, and yet it does uh, so clearly set up um, both uh, his uh, an affirmation of who he is, but then also the the joy that the Father uh, has uh, in him, um, in who he is, in um, and and I love that that happens before he has done anything. Right. And yeah. so as, as Jesus invites us to share in his sonship and being a child of God later in scripture, uh, this is part of what he's inviting us to is the father uh, delights in us and has joined us before we've ever done all of those important fruit right. things. Um, there's still uh, the love and joy of the father right mm-hmm. at the top. And uh, the, uh, the Trinity is confusing. People will talk about uh, water and ice and steam. Sure. People will talk about uh, an apple with mm-hmm. the skin and the meat and the core, and and none of those get you all the way there. Mm-mm. And I think that's frustrating to some people. I tend to be more okay with like he's God. Sure. I understand slightly what might be happening. Mm-hmm. I don't need to understand how it works. Sure. And the Bible doesn't seem particularly concerned about explaining to us how it works. It's just, it's that we see it over and over and over. And therefore, and Old Testament and New Testament, we see it in both places. And, and so we, uh, we accept the truth of it. Um, even if we can't give a real, even if we can't come up with a really good metaphor for something, that doesn't mean that thing isn't true. Mm -hmm. And the same happens with uh, Jesus being fully divine and fully human. Yeah. Um, you know, Luke's gospel tells us that he he grew in wisdom and stature, and like so, like he he learned how to tie his sandals. Right. He he learned how to do whatever the equivalent of riding a bike was. That is an interesting thing to think about. I don't know, but, yes. <laughs> but yeah, yes. but like he he in his humanity learned those things. That's uh, uh, in working with his son life is the emphasis of like like he called us to do things that he's done. Right. When he was on earth, he. Uh, was fully human and fully God, but he wasn't, uh, like, he, w- he was empowered by the Spirit when he did things. He, he never, uh, according to Sun Life stuff, like, he never used the God card. So, like, he didn't okay. sure. He didn't do the things because he was God. Sure. He did the things right. uh, called by the Father, empowered by the Spirit. Uh, right. And we can do things called by the Father and empowered by the Spirit mm-hmm. much in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I probably yeah. don't go quite as far as some of the Sun Life stuff goes. Sure. Um, but yeah, like like if he if he called us to do things that he did, right. but he was God, that seems pretty unfair. Sure. Yes. Yeah. But that he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't call us to do things that only he can do right. because he's God. Yeah. So I don't I won't take too too far of a tangent, but this 
popped up in my reading this week, and I had never thought of this before, so I'm curious if you've thought about it at all. And, and maybe some people are watching this going, well, that's the most obvious question here. Jesus is showing up to get baptized. John's baptism is a baptism of repentance. Right. You have sinned. You need to turn and go the other way. I think I just always grew up with a teaching that Jesus was doing this because it's what he was going to ask us to do. So he decided to do it first. But there's no actual reason in that vein for him to, 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 to do right. that. I mean, he, he also asked us to confess to one another and he, he didn't sin. He doesn't have anything to confess to. Right. Uh, any, any thoughts on why Jesus is showing up to get baptized when, when he doesn't have anything to repent for? Uh, I had not thought about it, but uh, again, in that uh, Bible Project podcast, which I'm not all the way through, um, okay. they talk about how the anointing with oil was a symbol for the water and spirit like from the beginning, okay. like when God made uh, the earth and the water and his spirit to make Adam. Um, so then seeing the water and the spirit here uh, is more of an okay. anointing ceremony mm-hmm. for Jesus as he begins his ministry. Um, I don't like it. And that, that makes sense to me. Uh-huh. And other than that, it was just, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know why he would have, like, yeah. yeah it was, it was kind of a new question for me. And, and I, there's some validity to the... Uh, he's going to ask us to do it, so he's mm-hmm. partaking. Uh, but but he's asking us to do it for for different reasons, and it seems like he is doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would be enough for Jesus simply for it to be the fulfillment of what he was supposed to do. Right. Again, he wouldn't have to have any more reason other than to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And yet there is something in this baptism then that does fulfill what is right. And and it, I love the the anointing part. That may uh, that's good a reason as I'd heard. And it just was interesting to me that I, again, you read these things all the time mm-hmm. and go, well, there's a question I never thought to ask. Yeah, that's what an interesting thing to dig into. Yeah, indeed. Do you have a do you have a, a main thought, a main takeaway from the the long chapter three? <laughs> yeah, the not so long chapter three. I I I think my my main. Uh, takeaway is uh, the the identity piece mm-hmm. that um, that John starts poking at the identity that all of the Jewish people relied on, and and then there is this identity of Jesus as the Son of God um, that uh, is actually then the identity that Jesus is going to invite all of us to to take on a child of God, and um, so I I am intrigued by how. Matthew, knowing where the story is going, right. uh, sets sets that up mm-hmm. in this story. I think for me, uh, just kind of thinking about how I can, like myself, bear that fruit to 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 be a fruit inspector of of yeah. my own heart, but also in in walking with people in uh, in hopes of discipling them. To I think sometimes we focus on what they know. Yep, and. Uh, and then maybe a few outward things that we don't want them to do. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking like, especially teenagers, but even like the small group that I lead of, of teenagers to people my, my grandpa's age. Sure. Um, like how do we, how do I help us as a group and, and each individually uh, just be willing to look at the fruit of our lives? Like how do I, like cause it's, it's really easy to not be patient uh, of the ones Jumping yep. off the page of me. It's yep. really easy to to not love 
some people. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of easy to love some people. Sure. But yep. uh, we'll see later. Jesus doesn't call us to love some people. Right. He calls you us know, to all, love all, all people. people? Think, yeah, that is uh, harder. Yeah. Um, yes. So, like, how do I... How, how can I be more intentional about looking at fruit in my life, but also helping those I'm walking uh, this journey with to look at fruit in, in our lives as a group and, and us individually? Right. And then how do we invite others to be the fruit inspectors of our lives when yeah. that's so vulnerable and hard? Yeah. Excellent. Are you ready for a question from the question cube? Sure. The question cube. Also, I feel like we should point out because people know us and they're going to go, you're drinking coffee. We, are not, we would no. not. Sorry, we would no. not. Never. No. I, would, I, would, I would not eat honey. <laughs> And drink coffee. No, we are not coffee drinkers. Uh, although um, I sure I sure feel a lot smarter uh, sipping from this like it's a coffee cup, but it's right. it's water. It's water. It's I thought about water. wearing glasses so I could drink coffee and well, wear glasses. Yeah, to no, look smarter. I uh, I'm trying all the things I can to look smarter. Right. And this used to I think it's some it's been on my shelf. I didn't rinse it out the first time, but then I saw some dust, and I also saw some. It looked like oil, and I was like, "Oh, I think this was like a desk pin cup at one time, multiple years ago." Yeah. Uh, so then I rinsed it out, and there's less of a shimmer on the top. So okay, I should be okay. A little less X on it, right? Than it used right. to be. Okay. All right, you ready? All right. Sure. All right, here comes your random question from the cube. Okay. If you could donate one million dollars to charity, which would you choose? Oh. Wow, I would love to do that. That'd be so cool. Um, I is is it a cop out question to say I wouldn't donate to just one? No, that seems reason, like a reasonable like, answer. I I I, I, I feel like um, there there are uh, uh, international justice mission is mm -hmm. a great one, um, and the work they're doing to end slavery in the world is fantastic. Uh, the things that. Uh, other organizations are doing, I mean, our denominations spread the gospel. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, they've got some uh, what they call compassion and mercy ministries where they're they're feeding people. Right. Uh, I don't love everything Samaritan's Purse does, but I'm a huge fan of Operation Christmas Child. Mm -hmm. I just, I think I'd, I don't want to mix it up. Find right. uh, something that got put on my heart a long time ago is uh, orphanages in... Uh, in Eastern European countries, and I know that sounds oddly specific, but um, to uh, to find some way to help fund those in a healthy and whole way would be awesome. And I, and I feel like uh, if I was the leader of a charity and and somebody said, "Hey, I had a million dollars and I split it up five ways. Here's two hundred thousand," I wouldn't be mad. I'd be cool with that. I wouldn't yeah. be mad. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. Okay. Oh my. Okay. What's the hardest thing you've ever done? What's the hardest? Thing I've ever. I don't know where. Let me stick this over done. here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some of these, I don't know. I think Tim goes here. I don't know. Okay. Over there. All right. Um, this feels like a more serious question than uh, anything that I would have asked last week. Uh, the hardest thing I've ever done was probably uh, having the conversation with my wife and family uh, about my uh, pornography addiction issues. Yeah. Uh, walking through yep. that has. Uh, has been great. It's great to have walked through that. <laughs> yes, having the, walked through the same thing. The process I what is, you're saying. is hard, but uh, yeah, finally getting to the place where I knew that I couldn't uh, keep living that lie, that I knew that I couldn't keep uh, bouncing back and forth between being okay and not being okay. Yes. And to be willing to uh, talk to wife and family and, and a pastor, uh, Pastor Nicholas J. Stumbo, thank you uh, for having an open <laughs> yes. door and a listening ear. Both of us. Um, yes. 
So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, gets back to that, uh, fruit of repentance Fruit of and, repentance. and how does, how does our life actually, and how do we invite people in to, to take a look at our lives and say yeah. this, uh, and, and I need help bearing better fruit mm-hmm. in this part of my life. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, I will. I will read uh, the Great Commission. Is what is titled in my Bible. Jesus came near and said to them, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end." of the age. Thank you guys so much for checking out uh, our podcast on Matthew chapter three. You can like, comment, share, do all those things. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you have any questions, uh, you can text Josh and we'll see you next time.